welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 165. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella. Crawling out of bed at the butt crack of dawn to record some podcast with Evan Minto. It's me, it's David Estrella. Yeah, it's we're a little, uh, uh, my schedule is a little tight. Uh, I just uh, just recovered from being sick, so we, we got to like get the episode in here so we can have it out on time. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling uh, good enough to podcast. Good enough? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've... Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've been, uh, uh, attacked by a parasitic organism, you know, and, and it got me really sick and they had to infuse me with some alien DNA. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling all right. I'm, but uh, I'm sure everything's going to be good from now on. I can't imagine there's going to be any problems in a space station. Did you have your borax bath yet? You know, you only got like a 20 minute window after they, uh, they put the alien shit inside you to get it out. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to log off here. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to the game that we're about to review. We're not going to do any cue or, or news this episode, just the review. We're reviewing another Metroid game, Metroid Fusion, which we talked about in the queue a little while back while I was still playing it. And we figured, um, since we actually were both playing the same game, playing we should probably review it. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was incredible. We played a game at the same time, and we didn't even really like, link up to say, like, hey let's play this game at the same time. It's just something that we both thought of doing. Yeah, and it's also, you know, it, it's relevant. We are going to talk about Dread, I'm sure, at some point. I have to lend David my copy, and then he'll play it, and then we will uh, we'll review that. But it, it's relevant, because Metroid Fusion is is the direct prequel to... Not prequel, I guess, whatever. You could call it a prequel. It, Dread is the sequel to Metroid Fusion, directly. So, with that, I guess we'll just get into it and start talking about Fusion. Yeah, yeah. So, this is not a new game, that's for sure. It's been a long time since we've gotten a an original 2D Metroid game. Uh, so, obviously, Dread is the most recent one. But the one before that is almost 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, Metroid Fusion is a 2002 action-adventure game on the Game Boy Advance, published by Nintendo, developed by Nintendo's in-house team, R&D1. This is Metroid 4. Yeah, and like the difference in time between Metroid 4 and Metroid 3, Super Metroid, like people said that was a long time. Yeah, remind me, actually, we just we just did a review of it. What was the date, the release year of uh, of Super Metroid? That was like 95, I think. Man, that's not that long. Seven compared years. To how, <laughs> compared to how long we had to wait between uh, Fusion and Dread. Yeah. yeah. I, it doesn't feel as bad because there was Metroid stuff in between Fusion and That's now, true. right? So you had like almost all the Metroid Primes. You had other M, yeah, other M fans in the house. Mm-hmm, Please mm-hmm. speak up. <laughs> hmm. I have not played other M. That's the only. That's the only original Metroid game I haven't played. So I haven't played the remakes, but uh, the only original one. Yeah. Um. They had. Uh, some weird stuff on the 3ds i think they tried to do like a pinball game at some time uh, i don't know oh. how much of that stuff's canon but yeah i did not play the pinball game that's true the like morph ball pinball yeah. um i did play metroid prime hunters which was the kind of i remember liking it but unknowing deep in my heart it was not very good it was like a multiplayer like arena shooter based on the kind of prime franchise i had the i think i had the demo for it or i knew somebody that had the demo mm-hmm. for it and because that was like everybody the period, had the demo i think that was like yeah. the year before like medios came out so uh mm-hmm. anybody that had a ds was like stuck playing this demo for however much time until like the actual version of it had come out wow we had we lived some sad times 
It's like, like, which is like no games. That was a janky game. That was that era where people were trying to figure out how to do a first person shooter on handheld on the DS. Uh, PSP also had like some terrible hand, like first person handheld shooters. I'm currently very slowly working my way through a DS first person shooter called Moon that was pretty acclaimed at the time for at the doing time, a decent huh? job with like the touchscreen aiming mechanic on the DS. Yeah. No, no relation to the movie. No relation, no relation other than that they take place on the same object. The moon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but that is a different game for a different time. Uh, you mentioned Metroid. We both mentioned Metroid Prime. Metroid Fusion was released at the same time as Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's interesting, I mean, if we can get into kind of like how we both came across this game, is I had a Game Boy Advance. I'm pretty sure I had it when Prime came out. Maybe not. Uh and I played all three Prime games. I was, I don't know if I, I don't think I got Prime like at launch, but I was very interested in Metroid Prime. Uh, never played Fusion until recently. Wow. I think 2D Metroid was just not on my radar back when Prime was coming out. But Prime, I was pretty into. So Prime was my introduction to Metroid. And then it was later like, oh, hey, there's all these 2D games. Yeah, I played, I played both of them when they came out. That was a, that was a fun Christmas. Um, but I think the one that I really dug into was Prime. Like Prime was unlike anything that we had at the time. And then Fusion was like good, but it was also to me it felt really short and I I wasn't compelled to go back to it once I finished it. Yeah, we'll get into that. There's a little bit of a problem there in terms of the the kind of depth and replayability that you have in something like Super Metroid. For as for me, I played this via a rom uh because it falls within my at least my personal uh (laughs) it's like a hundred dollars more so criteria of yeah what i'm gonna play a rom for did you check the ebay prices for that and like yeah no (laughs) it's also old enough like if it's if it's expensive and old enough then uh i will just do a rom and that is the case for for fusion i played it on my 3ds which can play it the rom natively which is pretty cool i gotta i gotta say though like the game boy advance screen isn't particularly good uh especially when you blow up these gba games on on like a, a pc emulator you can actually see mm-hmm. the colors for the for the first time i've actually saw what the game looked like <laughs> i was i feel like trying to like remember when like my eyes were a little bit better when i was like however old I was when this game had come out, but I was probably pretending to like see like oh yeah that's definitely Samus in there somewhere in there. I mean the sprite work is is really good, but I do wonder what the difference in experience was seeing it on that screen because actually I think one of I do think one of the things we talked about this in when we talked about this in the queue is like I and I went back to compare this. I I just feel like a lot of the Super Metroid environments feel more atmospheric. And I wonder if Fusion, like, by being on a more dim... Because it feels a lot more kind of vibrant and colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if the dim screen made it feel more atmospheric yeah. than, like, playing it on a 3DS where I've got, <laughs> like, it's it's blown up on a big... Um, it's a 3DS XL, right? So it's a bigger screen. It's, it's like, much better uh, backlit or backlit at all if you were playing it on an original Game Boy Advance, which didn't have a backlight. Yeah, I think this uh, predates the GBA SP, which had the front light. It wasn't a backlight. It was like, it was a fake backlight. It was coming in from the front, so it wasn't that good. I have an SP, and I just booted it up recently to, like, try some stuff in it, and I was like, oh, right, this looks really weird. And, <laughs> yeah, it's because it's not a backlight. It's like a, it's a light being shown 
on it from the sides basically what's right? really what's really crappy about the sp is that they like they quietly made it a backlight like later on yeah, yeah. Uh, and people really really want those screens so like you'll you'll if you're in the market for a secondhand gba you'll find one that's like 30 dollars, and you'll say like oh okay that seems like a pretty good deal and then you'll see one that's like 90 dollars. like why is this one so much better it's because the screen is actually backlit on that one you could also get a ds though which is backlit or you could like hack your 3ds and put them in in the micro sd card on on yeah no that that 3ds is actually really good for gba stuff surprisingly oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah i played a couple things on there so yeah that's that's how i played it uh, as part of my playing through all of the the metroid games in preparation for for dread i finished fusion uh i think i finished fusion after i was in possession of dread Mm. (laughs) and then i was like all right now i'm going to switch over to playing dread Mm. Because it was like right, right down to the line. So what's this game about? It's a Metroid game. Mm -hmm. That means it is a game where you are exploring a labyrinth of platforming areas to uh, unlock abilities and fight bosses and and kind of power up over time. Yeah, creatures. Uh, The story here is Samus, our, our famous bounty hunter character, is attacked by something called an ex-parasite and it kind of like fuses with her like nervous system I think it is so with her body they have to remove it by by infusing her with Metroid DNA I believe it's DNA from the Metroid there's there's like a there is a continuity here so it's like the Metroid that she saved um, that then saved her I think see like you're actually you're following along with the continuity you're you were you're knocking it earlier but you know all this stuff I mean, I know, I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same Metroid that, uh, that you know, she saved in Metroid 2 and then saved her at the end of Super Metroid. And now she is like part Metroid, which means that she has a, uh, she's immune to the, the ex-parasites, these like, these parasitic organisms, but she's also gained the famous Metroid weakness to cold. And she has a weird new outfit. I'm going to pause you for a second because I think now, now, now I'm starting to see it. We've moved into the Alien Resurrection chapter. That's right. Of That's Metroid. right. Like it's. I mean, Metroid is obviously now. obviously inspired by by Alien, uh, the franchise. But yeah, this is definitely some Alien Resurrection stuff. Damn. And when did Resurrection come out? This is 97. like post Resurrection. Yeah. So this is definitely definitely inspired by that. I mean, I would have just done my own thing if i was doing metroid i'd just been like we don't have to we don't have to do alien resurrection and then somebody said like no we have to it's it's the rule we have to do all of the stuff that happens in alien good or bad yeah actually did i'm I'm trying to think because also the ice thing reminds me of the thing that happens in alien 3 but alien 3 would have come out after metroid right yeah yeah because they do the thing in Metro in uh, Alien Three where they have to like, what is it? They they heat up the alien and then hit it with cold water or vice versa or something to like break the oh, yeah because they like skeleton. They're like they wanted to like shove it in all like the the molten iron or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then it was like still so resistant that it was still alive. Uh, and then they blow they blow it with like some some steam or something. Yeah, they do like a thermal expansion type thing to to blow it up. So yeah, that's the that's the setup here, and then uh, 
the the exer running wild on this this bio research satellite which conveniently ha- has all of the creatures that yeah. you expect in a metroid game mm. and uh they are kind of the x can imitate these things and so the enemies you end up fighting are all x parasites that are imitating these organisms that they've come into contact with and you have to like clear out this station and eliminate the x but while you're doing this with your limited amount of power because all of your abilities have been stripped away as a result of this uh, attack at the beginning of the game, uh, there is a super X parasite that's dubbed the SAX, which is sax. Sa- it's you know imitating Samus, the saxophone, yeah, uh, and it's like Samus at full power, but it's it's an X parasite, yeah. whereas you are Samus at no power, yeah. and so it's like you building up to the point where you can fight this this creature that is you neat concept i think it's really funny that like the the x parasite could have imitated you when you're like pre-various suit like you don't have anything you just have like the pointy shoulders and like the non-chargeable uh beam uh, but no it's like nah i got screw attack i've got i've got everything missiles what have you well i i think i think conceptually that does make sense because that is the the power of this level peak samus. that samus was at when the X attacked initially, mm. right? So that's, I think it's presumed that mm. that's like the version that it copied. Yeah, Samus really like fucked it up because she should have lost all her powers and then gotten infected because like it's a new game. So obviously you're going to lose all your powers. Uh, yeah, so that's the, that's kind of your, I mean, it turns out there's another final boss, but that is like the final boss that you are leading up to. Uh, and I think we're going to spoil most of this probably. There's not... So you could finish it by the time you're like before you're done re- listening to this podcast. I, I'm going to make an executive decision that spoilers are not that big a deal for Fusion be, or really for most Metroid games. Uh, I'd say Dread has one big spoiler in it that like when we review it, I won't spoil that. But there's not a lot of big spoilers here. Everything's pretty predictable. And like, yeah. Yeah. So the other thing about this story wise is that you have got a ship computer. This is a big gameplay change as well. You have a ship computer that Samus calls Adam, that gives her orders. Uh, And this is a new thing where now you are taking orders and being directed to not go through that door. Uh, The computer has locked that door because you're not supposed to be going through there yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she, there are now like these story segments where like while you're on these elevators moving back and forth between areas, uh, Samus will will think back on her old commanding officer, Adam Malkovich, who she has named the computer after because he used to give her orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also used to, there's an in, really kind of insane bit of this that is actually still in dread for some reason where she's like, he used to call me lady when he would give me an order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go over there, lady. Yeah. It it does it. I think it asks a lot for the people that are following Metroid for the story when they start playing this one because it's like a lot a lot of your actions are they're, they're like independent actions. I almost like, I feel more inclined to believe that like Samus just floats around from rock to rock shooting a bunch of creatures and like you know saving the universe somehow. But like I like I fill in the gaps in my head. I don't really need like video game to like tell me explicitly like this is what we're doing this these are our objectives and this is how you're going to do it yeah i mean the idea of her taking orders which uh, like i said will also interact with the the mechanics here is uh it's not great for my image of samus like she she is kind of like you know maybe this is just what fans projected onto her and wasn't the original intention or whatever but 
uh, you do think of her as this kind of like lone wolf bounty mm-hmm. hunter who takes no orders and, and, you know, does it her own way. Right. And then it's yeah. like, nah, here she is just taking no orders all the time. I don't, I don't feel like there's much of a, like a structure when you work as a bounty hunter. Like you, you take the bounty, you hunt it, you report back and then you get paid. Right. That's it. I mean, that is kind of explicit in this game, right? That she, she's like, well, this is the first time in a long time I've had to take orders, right? <laughs> and that's why she's like thinking back on her sexist commanding officer who she likes for some reason. Um, but yeah, it is it is kind of a flimsy excuse to just have objectives and things, right? That, that we're not in Super Metroid, where Super Metroid, it's just like, here's a planet, go off. <laughs> go off, queen. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like, what I was seeing when I when I watched somebody play System Shock 2, where it's like, you take a bunch of orders, but in System Shock 2, at least, like, you had a little bit more leeway in how you did things. Uh, in this, it's like, like, they, they'd give you, like, little beacons on, on, like, the map most of the time. It's like, okay, figure out how do you get over there. And usually there's, like, a pretty obvious path because so many doors will be locked by powers that you don't have. Yeah, you can't do much wandering, like sometimes there's like a puzzle of how to get through an area, but there's not like the situation you get into in super where you have, you know, four different paths open to you and you can try them and go, Oh, that one's a dead end. Oh, that led to something that, okay, that one. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, in super Metroid, you'll get to a situation where they're all dead ends. And then you have to double back and be like, one of these is probably not a dead end, but I haven't figured out the puzzle yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have to go and find that. That is not, what's going on really in this game. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest kind of flagship things people talk about in this game, even though it was very, I, I know it was very well received at the time by like reviewers and stuff, but I know the fan response was, this is way too linear. That was like one of the the issues with it, right? Too short mm-hmm. and too linear were some of the criticisms that came out. Yeah. Cause I feel, I felt like if the linearity didn't bother you, the shortness of it bothered you. Yeah. I, I agree because the, the shortness doesn't bother me. But the linearity did. Mm-hmm. I also didn't pay for it. So to be fair, the, <laughs> <laughs> the shortness doesn't bother me as much, but I didn't pay for it. Uh, I, pay, I paid for it for the both of us like 20 years ago. So yeah, it's yeah. all right. But yeah, the linearity definitely bothers me because it's, uh, you know, I fall on the side of like, that's what makes Metroid the most interesting. That's That's what makes it like a really captivating experience is that you can get lost in this world and kind of go down these these paths in this very open-ended way where you're kind of like you are just genuinely driven by a curiosity of what's down the next corridor uh and in here i mean there's some curiosity because you'll run into like surprises but you basically know like yeah i'm going over to this room because that's the room where i can turn on the doors so that i can like everything's very laid out for you you know what you're about to do it's kind of kind of a spoiler when like the beacon shows you a big old room and you're thinking, oh, that's a posture. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> like the game, the the dialogue in the game is like saying like, oh, we don't know what's going on with the with the lights in this room. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> go, go check it out. And you just see the, the power is flickering. Something is going wrong. Uh, I'm sure it's, sure nothing, it's nothing, but give it a look. Yeah, going for a closer look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and man, like the more that you talk about what you liked from Metroid, I'm just I'm just surprised you didn't have like a Castlevania phase in your life. I've never played a Castlevania game, but trust me, that's coming. Now that I've played these 2D Metroid games, I'm gonna do the other part of the Metroidvania genre. Because mm-hmm. at least I think Castlevania, for the most part, still retains that that sense of oh, I have so many paths and 
I don't know which one to take because they all seem pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Super Metroid is so good at that. Like, it's like I talked about when we reviewed it, that is like a captivating game where, you know, in a way that like did not happen for me with Fusion, did kind of happen for me with Dread, actually. But like, you know, Super Metroid is the kind of game where when I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about it like, man, oh, I got to get back in there and explore that path that I missed last time. Uh, However, I mean, so there's that. We'll probably come back to that. However, there is some really, really good stuff gameplay wise about Fusion. Uh, I think that the movement controls, I I feel like they have just generally gotten better with every 2D Metroid game, including Dread. I, I think Dreads are even better than Fusions, but Fusions movement is better on basically every front than mm-hmm. Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Super Metroid with the controls of Fusion <laughs> or Dread, basically. <laughs> I know. If you, if you ask Nintendo like remake Super Metroid, they'll they'll mess it up. Man, that would be cool, but I don't know. I don't want anyone to mess with Super Metroid because it's it is such a good game in so many ways, and they would figure out a way to screw it up. Yeah, I mean they'd give it they give it to like the people that did the Demon Souls remake, and then they'd like make all the good textures <laughs> in Super Metroid like really grim and dark and like silly. Oof. Yeah. 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 Completely a complete aesthetic change. So what what is different about the controls in this game? They're just so much more fluid and responsive, and I feel like uh, Super Metroid had a bit of like jank to it, like. Mm-hmm. You had to really intend to do certain motions. And in this one, it's like a little bit more forgiving. I don't, I yeah. don't know how to describe it. Also, that you don't have like five different select options for weaponry. I think like when you upgrade something, it's just like, okay, now this thing is just upgraded. <laughs> don't worry about it. Stacked upgrades, huge, right? Uh, vastly preferable. Also preferable compared to... I think there's some stacked upgrades in um, in Super, right? You can kind of like mix and match certain things like the plasma and wave beam and things like that. But uh, like, especially compared to Metroid 2, Metroid 2 has like a really weird thing where you can only have one beam at a time and you have to like go and pick up the other beam if you want to switch back to it. You have to like go to a room for it. Uh, so this is much better. Everything just stacks. Uh, you have a toggle for missiles to hold down r and press b to fire a missile which is great much better than like the like (laughs) cycling through that you have to do and huge is ledge grabs yeah that like changes traversal so (laughs) i almost wish it was like more of a thing like i think the platforming in metroid fusion is good but i think they could have gone a little bit more ambitious i agree i also have one traversal issue with this, as well as this is also true of Dread, this is what they did post Super Metroid for some reason, is uh, they took out the, they made wall jumping easier, but basically useless. Mm, because there's nothing to wall jump for. Yeah, it doesn't, the a key thing about wall jumping is now you are locked in for a certain amount of trajectory off of the wall. So you can't do like an infinite wall jump, which was difficult in Super Metroid, but rewarding if you could pull it off because you can yeah. like inf- you could get anywhere. You could infinite wall jump any any straight flat wall. Uh, here you just you know if you wall jump off of something, you you're not going to be able to reverse course and get back to the wall. You're going to just kind of mm. shoot off of it toward the other wall. And there are a few points where it's like, oh, maybe I can do a kind of back and forth <laughs> wall jump, and they deliberately make sure that the distance yeah. is long enough that you can't do it. Yeah. It's it's lame. Um, the wall the wall jump 
uh, came back in Metroid Prime 2. I don't know if you remember this, but it's like it comes back for like two, three rooms. And it's like it's just a track. It's not like you can just wall jump everywhere because they brought back the screw attack in Metroid Prime 2. So then they like went one step further and said like, we're going to put wall jumping in there. But it's just like two to three rooms that have like literally a track on the walls. It's like to tell you these are this is the wall jump room. You can't do anything else with it like outside of those rooms. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with the openness of Super Metroid, right? It's like that was a that's a game that obviously, I mean, it basically invented the the term sequence break, right? Because people were able to you could, you know, if you're good enough at wall jumping, you can totally bypass areas that you're supposed to go to and do things out of order, right? Because there's like actually ways to to do this stuff. It's just harder than like the the standard path that you might take. That's definitely not the case here. There is not a way to sequence break as far as I know. Most of Fusion, I'm sure people have found glitches or other things, but there's not a lot of sequence breaking options. Really though, wish wish there wish there was. The only f- problem I see is that Fusion is structured like a single hub with routes out to different levels and then the levels are very contained. I think that there's only one part uh where you can cross over from one level to the next without going through the hub bit no there's a few uh, eventually you start to unlock i uh, effectively like a because it's kind of uh this is hard to visualize with a in a podcast but yeah there's like a hub with these spokes coming out effectively these like mm, uh like a fork these cylinders yeah. uh, uh forming the space station and there's a very cool animation on the map that shows it like turning as you move between them which is pretty cool uh but there uh, i believe there are like pathways you can eventually unlock that run like laterally that move to the adjacent cylinder I only on the space one. station i think there's a sequence of them i think you can effectively go in a line across them eventually like once you get a ton of upgrades yeah, no i just i remember once you get like the fast run thing that lets you smash through the walls there's like you had to do it because your like exit was blocked for some reason so you had to just go that way uh but outside of that there's like not a whole lot of experimentation going on with like just trying to get through from these different levels rather than just like the computer will just tell you like okay come back that's it that's like all your whole experience with that level i will say and this ties into some of the visuals like i mean there are some really cool backgrounds and in particular those those segments where you go because i think there are a few maybe you didn't you i think only one of them is one you actually have to go through so the other ones might be optional but when you are going like laterally between the different uh sectors you you walk through a like a tube that is like a glass tube where you can see space outside Mm. and like all the sequences where where that happens are very cool where it's like you have broken out of this kind of in you know internal little you know enclosed cylinder and now you are you're just like gazing out into space uh and it it's a it's a cool effect that reminds you like yeah you're on a space station like you're not you're not on a planet <laughs> uh yeah so so traversal in general is is much smoother uh though the other part i did not mention is uh holding l lets you tilt uh and shoot diagonally up or down which uh, i think we talked about in super metroid that that is also an improvement i think uh over like L and R being arbitrarily mapped to yeah. to tilting up or tilting down. <laughs> yeah. uh, so now you just hold L and then your D-pad decides which direction you're tilting. Uh, again, I think Dread is an even better version of this because you have analogs, like two analog sticks available. But this is uh, pretty much the best you could do with 
like the hardware, you know, with the the button options available on the Game Boy Advance. It's especially impressive that all of this works actually because of the fact that the uh, like the Game Boy Advance has f- many fewer buttons, maybe not many, but it definitely has fewer buttons than the Super Nintendo, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it only has A, B, L, R. You don't have X and Y available. So I don't know how many buttons you really need when you want to make like just like a solid action game. I think that was like what I the feeling that I got from Fusion is like it just wanted to be more like a. a fluid action game as opposed to like where super metroid was they gave you a lot of utility but yeah like the, something something about like trying to move around and like switch around like all your weapons while you're in like while you're in the middle of doing a boss just felt like a little bit like oh, okay we're, we're really pushing the limits of what this control scheme can do yeah I, I agree with that comparison actually that like you know i think the strength of super metroid is it's an it's a non-linear exploration game right like you're, you're solving puzzles and exploring and it's not so strong at combat, but uh, fusion is like an action game. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, I have some issues with some of the action, but I think that's what it's aiming for. And in many ways it's more effective at that because like, yeah, the controls are smoother. You have a lot more control over your, your actions in a fight compared to super Metroid, but it is not nearly as good of an exploration game <laughs> because, Oh boy, some of the, some of the action in this game. Yeah. Let's talk about it the enemies the bosses you really need like to have a lot of confidence in your ability to do all the things that the game asks you to do in order to finish it yeah this is uh i I remember we talked in the queue and you were saying metroid fusion is really hard and i was like it doesn't seem so hard Uh, i have changed my opinion on it overall this is a hard game (laughs) yeah early on it is not so hard and then it ramps up Oh, early on is like a night nice, you have like a nice balance between like okay i'm getting used to the feel of it like i wish we like the exploration will open up later but what happens later is no exploration doesn't open up uh instead it's just more bosses you get brutal <laughs> absolutely brutal bosses like yeah it's a very sudden spike at like a very specific point in the game when it's just like okay this is what the game's gonna be like from now on what is what is the point that you peg as like where that happens uh spider dude that's it okay so yakuza the spider boss yakuza uh okay so the spider boss um it the sequence begins with you having to like go save at your ship like you go back to your ship to go save um and then the computer tells you like okay go check this thing out looks like there's something weird happening over here and it's like a whole it's the reactor the reactor is like broken right yeah, it's like you have to like go into the vents and it's like a whole long walk over there with like a bunch of space pirates. And then once you finally like get to the room in question, like there's no floor. So you like just drop in and then the boss starts and then hold on. There's another important part is that you, so the, the reactor is like uh, gummed up with a bunch of plant stuff. Right. Mm. So the power is off and it is reminiscent of the wrecked ship scene sequence in uh in super metroid right oh yeah 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 so you you, the power in this whole sector is is off Uh uh-huh so you find a save room but just like and and i found this much more endearing in super metroid when it was not part of a boss run uh but the because the power is off the save room is also 
off mm-hmm. and so you can't save mm-hmm. and so there is no save room here so you got to do this run that is pretty irritating through a bunch of it's fine the first like three times maybe like through a bunch of the space pirates like you said and it's not just that you have to fight space pirates you also have to do a bunch of like morph brawl traversal oh, yeah right you have to do the zigzags on in the morph ball which so it's like okay you just backtrack and like go forward in this thing repeatedly so you get pretty sick you get sick of these rooms pretty quickly yeah, so there's no all of that with no save point. So you, so you, if you die at this spider boss that David is about to describe, uh-huh. you go back to the ship and you do all of that again. Um, I think the fastest I died at the spider boss was like in 20, 30 seconds. <laughs> I didn't really yeah. get too much of a chance to even learn it uh, because you get captured pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Like you get held. Like so, it's like a kind of like a old Ridley type of moment where you get you just get clawed up and raised up and there's like no and he damages way. you while while he grabs you and then slams you down and does multiple energy tanks worth of damage just a bunch of bunch of damage uh if you're doing like a very low energy tank run this is this is a very dangerous point of the game to be at uh so there's not really a lot of safe places in this room either like because the spider boss is just doing its normal spidery thing where it's like just it can go at it it could go anywhere on the screen and you are stuck on the ground yeah this is related to i mean there's a lot of aspects of the difficulty of this game that i can try to dig into and i think a lot of the the bosses have very irritating and unpredictable um movement patterns is like a big part of it and yakuza is like a good example where he like he does these diagonal ping-ponging kind of things where he's like bouncing off the walls and zigzagging back and forth uh but then he's also basically like homing on you in a certain Mm -hmm. sense like he's just seems to know yeah he's gonna find you while he's zigzagging and then like he opens up his mouth and he's gonna like come down and grab you so there is you know if you look it up there is like a way that you can be turned into a morph ball and sit in the corner of the room but even that doesn't like work because he will then it's a complicated series of reasons why it doesn't work it's like then when he does the attack he will do it in the corner of the room and then he will also shoot these fireballs and the fireballs will be sort of bounded by the edge of the room and so you don't have like room to get out of the way because there's Mm. three fireballs and they're like clumped up right around where you are in the corner of the room so you actually have to be in the middle sometimes yeah. So that you can like get him an opening where he won't hit you and you can hit him with a missile. Uh, but in the middle is where you can just get unpredictably hit by him and, and grabbed and, and pulled up. Doesn't he also have like parts of the body where like the missiles are ineffective as well? You only, yeah, you have to hit him like you have to hit him during an opening where he opens his mouth. You have to hit him straight up. If you're a little bit off to the side, you're just not going to hit. Some of the like movement you have to do in this game is so demanding. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a super like it's a boss that requires very very precise movement and aiming, like you're saying. And and this was uh, I feel like while I was playing this was when I discovered uh, I might link it if I can find it again, but like a, an article that I think laid out in very it was like a game designer or at least a person a critic who thinks about like things on this level, uh, just blogging about like the elements of game difficulty, right? Because people say, oh, this is hard. And it's like, well, what about it is hard, right? And I think like this is a situation where like the difficulty comes from uh, part, largely comes from like precision, right? It's a couple of things. It's like, it's that, it's like, 
you know, you have to really perfectly time and aim this thing. But then if you, if you fuck it up, like the punishment cost. is huge, huge, right? Cost. Like you, you a huge cost. And then if you, if you screw up enough, you also just get a, a huge punishment in terms of like the amount of time you have to spend getting back to the boss. Mm-hmm. Right. So like all that adds up to it being very difficult. Mm-hmm. And no recovery opportunities, which is a problem throughout this game. Bosses don't have any health pickups or ammo pickups mid-fight. So every time you get hit by this boss, that is an irreparable mistake. Even even Prime 2, like, is filthy with little power pickups during, the like, a boss fight. Uh, there was, like, in the last boss, uh, I would, like, get down to, like, my last couple of tanks. And there's just be a part... Like it's like like an interlude from first phase of the boss to the next phase of the boss, where you can just bomb a bunch of like little scrub enemies to collect more power ups. But no, what you get in Metroid Fusion is you get another like mini boss, like mini game thing. Fuck, <laughs> fuck this! This is <laughs> so this is one of my boss, least favorite right? parts about this game. I hate it. You killed the spider boss, and you're just so amped up. But don't forget, you have to also kill the like the x parasite that comes out of it oh my god and we're gonna talk about the x parasites in general which i think are actually like a really really bad idea <laughs> in this game overall <laughs> the x parasites at the end of the boss fights are terrible they're the all the same fight so i don't know why it's there right it's, it's a like not an interesting fight yeah it's like a mini game you have to do at the end of every fight and like i gotta you know as, as frustrating as yakuza is it's at least like a unique fight it's an really all the boss sprites are great. Yakuza's sprite is awesome. Like they're they're all like really creepy and crusty looking, like really, really great sprite work. But then every time you have to fight this like not very interesting looking sprite that is the same as all of the other ones that you fight in the post boss minigame. So it's like what at least at least I get to look at a cool spider while I'm yeah. fighting Yakuza, you know? They're often responsible for like the most infuriating wipes in the game where it's you've done the boss, but it didn't count and you have to do it over again because you died at the yeah. parasite. And again, the movement patterns, right? So what these things do is they home in that kind of uh, probably a word for this among like game designers, but in that kind of like slightly laggy way where it can like overshoot you if you jump out of the way. Uh, and like there, there's that. So I, I find a lot of the homing in this game very irritating where you just have to like constantly be running away from things that are just like chasing you down with like, you know, very annoying homing. And then on top of that, you can hit it with a missile and then it's in like a, it's, it's uh what's the word for that? It's got like a stun, uh, like invulnerability. Oh yeah. It's got like a little window. Uh, yeah. For a long time. It. It's more than a little window. It's like little enough window. that, you know, it's designed to window. deliberately force you to have to dodge once or twice before you can hit again. And so it, it all this adds up to just being like a really samey, you know, you can figure out the pattern to it and it, it's either frustrating or tedious depending on whether you figure out the pattern, but it's never fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a it's a little it's like a you know, it's like the cherry on top of the sundae except the cherry's just made out of pure stress. Yeah, I kind of think this is a problem across the bosses, actually, is like they either are really frustrating or you figure out an exploit that makes them just a waiting game. And so like they they never feel like a satisfying thing where you're on the edge of your seat. You're either getting completely destroyed or it's really boring and there's like nothing (laughs) interesting going on. Yeah, there's like two bosses where like I discovered an exploit that's just like, yeah, they just can't hit you. And then you just sit there and hit them. And it's like, okay, well, this is now this is just boring. Like, can I just press a button to skip this? <laughs> okay, we need to talk about some other bosses because they are cool 
but they're also really annoying. Uh, Nightmare? Nightmare is an infamously difficult boss. Nightmare is the coolest Yakuza. boss. That is so cool. Uh, oh, my God. Nightmare is really cool looking. I did not like fighting in. I found it easier than Yakuza, but still annoying. But the sprite looks so cool. It's so like good. really, really weird and creepy. Yeah. I like, I forgot. How would like, you describe all... what Nightmare is? Like a big robot with like big arms, right? That's floating. Night, like Nightmare is like a, like a bit of goo inside of a bit of machinery and mm-hmm. it can control gravity, which is so the effect in the game like really took me by surprise because i had no idea yeah, what yeah, was yeah. happening the first time I, I was doing that fight and then like i looked at it a little bit closer in the second fight and I'm like oh it's like in this little area my missiles just fall to the floor it's so oh it, there's no other like metroid that does that right so the like- gravity mechanic is pretty good with with uh nightmare i I think I mostly liked that fight because like some of the early, I like some of the earlier fights and, and I think Nightmare is a bit like that where it feels more like a puzzle than anything else. Like it's not exactly just, it's not about like pixel perfect execution. It's about figuring out what to do in response to like this weird behavior the boss is doing, except it then turns into a homing thing with a giant sprite that takes up like half the screen. And that's, that's where I don't like it is like the final phase of that fight. It looks like it's in pain constantly. <laughs> that part's great. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah it's very expressive for a boss but it's it, it it it's like huge it takes up about a i don't know a third or half of the screen and it it homes in on you like an ex-parasite <laughs> and it's like you have to do all these weird jumps to try to get out of the way yeah i mean the trick to doing it is like just don't stop firing missiles and then yeah. when it gets to the part where you can't fire missiles anymore i mean try anyway because sometimes you get lucky <laughs> I think you have to use the beam in that case, right? When you can't fire missiles. I felt like I hit it sometimes and that just like made it move a little bit faster. But yeah, like the beam is the intended way to do it. Yeah, that part, that part is cool when you have to figure out like, oh shoot, the missiles don't work because of gravity. And also your jump height is changed because like what uh, gravity is higher, right? And so you can't, you can't do your like space jumps anymore. It's got a good, it's got like a good visual effect where it just seems like it's like a contained, it's like that, like the whole room. It just seems like it's Mm focused, it's literally just focused on and on you. That's a pretty cool fight, like that I found more so just a puzzle box to be solved than something like Yakuza that was just like incredibly frustrating. I really didn't like Netori, which is the 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 plant one that you fight after. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah the plant one plant one plant one's not great it's like it comes at a bad part in the game it's right after yakuza yeah and i think like there's also a bit where you could get chased around by the sacks yeah i don't know maybe like i didn't really run into that many sequences where you're getting chased around by x parasite samus um I wonder if I just like walked over the rooms where that's supposed to no, happen. No, you you have to go through them. There's uh there's not that many though. There's like t- two or three maybe. Yeah, I remember that like being such a bigger deal uh, when I first played the game and when I was. Oh yeah, because Natori's Natori's right after an SAX sequence. Yeah. right. It's there's actually like a bu- there's a string of stuff in that area. It's like you do Yakuza and then I think you do eventually you have to get through some enemies, but you eventually do get a save point and then you get an SAX chase sequence which is most of how you encounter SAX. Then you get the Natori fight all within like just a couple of minutes of each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Natori is just a lot of like floating little pollen things that are hitting you and you have to do a lot of... Eventually, I figured out the pattern, but it was pretty irritating. That's just, yeah, that's just annoying. The one I had the most problem with was actually the box, like the last box. Yeah, actually, me too. The first box is kind of neat. It's like a cool kind of spider robot thing that you have to like hang above and shoot. The second box has electrified water that it's standing in and it shoots like homing missiles and it's that one... That one, very irritating, but there's an exploit that makes it boring because you can just sit in one place and it won't hit you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tried so many crazy things uh, for like the first 20 times I was doing that because I didn't I didn't actually figure out that the, uh, the ceiling was supposed to collapse until like many attempts later. <laughs> Me neither. What I discovered is you could stand in a certain spot and it will... Uh, I think it could hit you but you could very easily shoot the missiles out of the air so you could avoid it hitting you oh i forgot yeah i didn't even know how to hit the missiles out of the air either <laughs> oh see i definitely did that but but it was a situation where you're standing like off on the side of the electrified water and then if you but you can't shoot him unless you jump into the water and then jump up and fire down and so you have to take a little bit of damage to do it so uh i was doing that and that was like also seemed like it could work over time but was really irritating and it was like there was just didn't seem to be a situation where you weren't getting owned or uh just being bored out of your mind fighting that boss <laughs> also it's covered in armor so there's like one pixel that you have to hit and the rest yeah, of it yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah. count it's such a big Again, enemy precision right the level of like stupid precision you need to have yeah and i don't think any of us like the the last uh sax fight either no that's one where i did discover someone someone found a way to like not get hit by it uh because it was really irritating and i was i was not having a good time and then again found a way that you can like get it locked in a pattern and then it was just like "Uh uh-huh all right all right let's just wait it out until i'm finished fighting you but it like stopped being fun it's like there's no middle ground there of like i'm figuring it out i'm learning it's either destroying you or you have totally solved it and it's boring (laughs) evan if you had speedrunner brain you would love that pattern you would love to find a pattern like that where you don't get hit and you can just stand there safely doing doing your thing and then quickly do it so that you can go run to the to the end of the game I, th- I thought the early bosses were cool because it was like i died once or twice figured out the pattern and then like it felt satisfying it didn't it did you know and and it felt challenging i would still sometimes get hit right and it was kind of like you know you get that what I, what to me is the optimal experience of like you just barely win and you're like ah, i earned that right as opposed to like you don't get hit at all because you figured out some easy exploit that that you know renders it completely uh, not a problem. Uh, I will say the SAX chase scenes are pretty cool, and it's like an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. They're all right. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, I have some issues. What are your issues? They're like they're very short and obviously scripted into like what you're supposed to do, like. I'm never really surprised when it would happen. And I found out that they were actually kind of simple to not really like bypass, but like, you know, like you'll, you'll pick up like the power bomb. So obviously like the thing Mm -hmm. to escape, you know, a dead end is like, okay, I guess I just got a power bomb in like this very obvious spot to go hide. Did you, did you die during them or did you get through them without getting killed? Uh, I think I like died one time, uh, the one immediately after the uh the spider fight but mm-hmm. that was i mean that was it and that was mainly because 
I was just a little bit too slow, and then the SAX jumped into the hole with me, and then I took like <laughs> five tanks of damage every time I brushed against it. <laughs> it's like it just to figure it out, like it shouldn't be shooting me, it should be touching me because that does way more damage. Yeah, so I died a lot in these. Um, I generally just liked the kind of, uh, I, I liked the, the change of pace that you just had to run away, like you couldn't fight, right? Um, and it felt, you know, it's got a, a horror movie vibe to it where you just you're just on the run but i do agree i have some issues with them i think it's interesting when you compare them to the uh the emmy sequences in dread which i think are obviously inspired by them where it's like something that you can't fight you just have to kind of run away or do stealth or whatever there's no stealth in this case but i agree the issue is that they're too scripted like Mm. there's one way to solve them they're really just a puzzle more than anything and it's just a question of kind of like if you die a bunch like i did it's just just a question of memorization it's just like go in die oh i have to do that okay get past that one oh i screwed up that one all right i know what to do there right and then you just die over and over find each gate and what you need to do to get through it and then you know just just do it fast enough and you get through and I died a lot in the Emmy sequences in Dread, but those are a lot more open-ended. There are multiple ways to get through them. And so the the way that I get through an Emmy sequence in Dread that finally works where I don't die doesn't look like the failed attempts plus another step. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a different... I've learned the patterns and I've come up with a new strategy that gets me through as opposed to just like, well, I learned all the steps of this puzzle and now I got through it. Yeah, Metroid sure likes to have like characters that serve as in, like invincible opposites of Samus, like yeah, uh, yeah. Sax Dark Samus. Uh, mm-hmm. th- these like the, the shitty little like Boston dynamic robots. <laughs> the Boston things. Dynamics robots. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that I mean I think the Emmy sequences are cool in in Dread. I'm curious to see what you think of them when you play them. Like I because they're. They're more like actual stealth sequences. You actually have options for how to traverse and escape. Whereas here, there's one solution to everything. It's like like you said, oh, dead end, use a power bomb, right? Oh, there's a gate with a little switch up top. Well, you just got the wave beam, so shoot it with the wave beam and get through. So Metroids, huh? Metroids are back. Remember when like the last Metroid was in captivity and then the galaxy was at peace and then it turned out that they were like, actually, no, we're like, this is a Metroid farm. Yeah, that's also very alien, right? <laughs> Yutani yeah. Corp kind of stuff. Man, that story, the story infusion's like kind of kind of whatever for the most part, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty predictable. It's just, yeah, it turns out they're, far, they're making Metroids here for military purposes or whatever, just like you would expect, of course, right? The hubris of man. Yeah, because like the computer, the computer has like this heel turn where it's all like, no, don't go in these rooms. Don't blow up this, these, uh, these bits uh, that like, you, I mean, you're already thinking like, I got to blow up this whole thing because obviously this is how things work out. Like you introduce this unstoppable parasite into like this little, little station and it's like, it's learning very rapidly. It's starting to imitate the people that were working in the facility and starting to know what they know and probably not a good idea to just hand over a completely functioning uh space station like this over to a very intelligent parasite that is rapidly learning yeah you gotta nuke it from orbit again to reference alien (laughs) yeah 
but no like i love i love that the computer is all like no no no, just let the federation take care of it they're coming in they are coming in don't worry about it i do appreciate at least that they have the respect for samus to have like that heel turn and then have samus be like yeah i ain't taking orders from you to like let me out of here (laughs) there's a funny bit in the game where it's like you pick up a power up that like adam really didn't want you to have just yet oh that's true yeah yeah, i like that it's like, okay, um, shouldn't I be getting all the good power-ups like immediately? You do see what's going on over here. Yeah, he's like, oh, you weren't authorized to get that blueprint. Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're a computer. <laughs> I have a gun. <laughs> How about you fucking, like, solve this crisis? <laughs> Adam is in dread, by the way. I'm prepared, I think, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Be I don't, prepared. I don't... He's voiced, too. You get to hear a big robotic voice say, Go find the missiles, lady. Oh, it's not like Animal Crossing speak like... (laughs) No, he's fully voiced. Beep boop, beep boop, I'm robot. Okay, you know what I didn't talk about? The regular ex-parasite enemies. So this is an interesting aspect of this game. And I say interesting in that way that people say it when they mean that something is bad, but they're trying to be polite. Mm. So all of the enemies you fight are ex-parasites imitating other enemies Mm -hmm. and the way this manifests is that when you walk into a room there aren't enemies there are floating little globules of x parasite and they will land somewhere and then like do this little animation and turn into some kind of enemy and when you kill them they turn back into x parasites but you can pick them up and that's your there's no little purple power up things like for health the the way you power up is your suit can absorb these parasites uh, so th- I feel like when you first learn this, it's like, oh, I see. There's it's interesting. It's like a, this mechanic where you have to balance your needs during combat of like, okay, uh, I have I kill this enemy. And then if I can get over them fast enough, I can pick up the X parasite. But if I take too long and get distracted by another enemy, then like that, that parasite can reform another enemy. And so I've got to like stay on top of picking them up. Uh, that is like not actually how it works most of the time. Like... X parasites will sometimes seemingly randomly uh, be locked in to spawning a new enemy and there's you can't pick them up to stop them. Yeah, there's a couple of rooms that are like that. Yeah, or they'll do the inverse. And I've seen ones where if you don't pick them up, they don't form a new enemy. They just float around for a while. <laughs> And so, like, the, the concept seems not executed on here of, like, like balancing those requirements. I think it might have actually just been hard-coded into, like, certain rooms where it's like, okay. I think it is hard-coded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because there's, like, a, there's like an annoying tunnel room with, like, some space pirates that yeah. I yep. had some difficulty trying to get through because I didn't really understand it. It was, like, almost a puzzle. It was, like, mm-hmm. a space pirate that was just invulnerable to basically everything that I could throw at it. Oh, aren't... The, those like the gold space pirates yeah those are in super metroid aren't they i think so yeah you need like the screw attack yeah they're they're really annoying you can only hit them when they're like they just recovered from attacking or something like that it's like a small animation window or you can only hit them in the back it's something like that yeah in the back like uh, on their cooldown from their attack yeah it's yeah like, it's just, yeah but like yeah i think there was this attempt to kind of build puzzles out of the x parasites but Honestly, it is just it is just like an irritant in what otherwise functions largely as a regular enemy system. And like, I don't know why we don't just have enemies. Like why? One of the things that I think I was thinking about this, like the one of the parts that makes it really annoying is it breaks this thing that happens in like other Metroid games where you walk into a room and you assess the enemies in front of you. 
right? But you can't do that in Fusion because you walk in and you see a bunch of floating X parasites and they will land somewhere and form enemies. And so now you like you don't have this step of like figuring out where the enemies are. You have to be like, oh, whoa, oh, there's the enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's just like a simple thing that didn't really like form into like a nice feeling complex system of, you know, like taking like getting advantage over the enemies. And then the enemies like would just like put a little bit more pressure on you. Because it's just, it's so, yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it feels so arbitrary for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's also like the idea that they'll just be locked into spawning another enemy starts to get really annoying. It sucks when you see it. Yeah. There's like no window to like not make that happen, especially if you have to like go through the rooms multiple times. Yeah. It seems like a good opportunity to build a mechanic where, yeah, okay, it will attempt to spawn a new enemy. But you can kind of up your skill level to the point where you can lock that off and be like, nope. I gotcha. I stopped you from doing that. But that's not possible. So it's just, you'll have an X-Parasite that will spawn like two or three enemies in a row every time you kill it. And it's just like, that's this is not fun. This is like, this is just an enemy that keeps respawning every time I kill it. I think what probably happened was like they were QA testing it and they realized like, oh, people are killing the Parasites before they're allowed to even form like the other enemy that we want to come out. So we're just going to make them in- invulnerable <laughs> during this time. Yeah, that's it's, uh, it's an unfortunate aspect of the game. It's video that, game like, design just it's just it's a game it's a video game thing happening to an enemy where it's like okay you can't shoot it anymore even though you're really able to shoot it like 99 percent of the time yeah well it's not about shooting it's about picking it up right you can't you can never shoot the x parasites but you can pick them up so the idea is that if you get close enough to pick it up sometimes this is true but not always like sometimes the it has an opportunity to spawn a new enemy and you can pick it up and that stops the enemy from respawning my my brain tells me that you should be able to shoot it when it's becoming an, another mm. enemy because now it's no longer a power up now it's starting to become that's an true enemy. like mid animation so you could like short circuit the, yeah. the spawn or if you try to pick it up you take damage instead but then the parasite's gone right right yeah there's a bunch of ways that that could have been tweaked to be like a more interesting trade-off i didn't even work hard and i already came up with a better system for it <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, also the enemies do a lot of damage to Samus in this game. So like this is a, you know, just a difficult game in general. I, High damage output on everything. Especially late <laughs> in the game. I didn't notice it as much earlier. But when you get to those point with those little like jumping guys that like have the wings in like the jungle area. Yeah, fuck those guys. Oh, those do so much damage. Wow. Some, there's some interesting balancing done on this game. And by interesting, of course, I mean in the way that you used interesting <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot at the beginning, and then by the end, I was having a lot of issues with all of this stuff. Like the the X Parasite thing, I, you know, like a lot of things things like that. I think a, a a kind of annoying game design like that is not so bad until you start ratcheting up the difficulty, right? Oh, the enemies do a little bit of damage. Ugh, oh, I got hit by this respawning enemy. Whatever, but like they do two energy tanks of damage. Now you're like, okay, you got to stop it with the fucking respawn, <laughs> like. I keep on comparing it to like what was difficult in Metroid Prime 2. Like I considered Metroid Prime 2 a difficult game, but the things that made sense in there were like, okay, like enemy output of damage is like not multiple tanks. We're just touching it. Um, bosses, at least like if it's going to be a long boss, because sometimes there is a boss in there, which is like half an hour. Uh, you can at least pick up some items to recharge in between phases uh not i don't know i mean we finished metroid fusion right so 
it's finished it's like it's doable yeah i got through it and and playing on the 3ds means it's it's playing natively so i had no emulation features i used (laughs) i used save states on uh on super did not use any save states here this was all straight through wow wow i used one save state and that was right before yakuza (laughs) man i would have used a save state for yakuza yeah for sure for sure I, w- I would have done it before Yakuza. I wouldn't have like rewinded mid Yakuza fight, but I definitely would not have done that boss run. <laughs> yeah. I would have used it on all the bosses, to be honest. I would have just done it just to remove the tedium. I would have like put a save state right before the boss door. <laughs> I was I was streaming it and I was like, it got to a point where it's just like, okay, I know you're all tired of seeing this stupid boss run from the ship through all like the, the vents. So I'm just going to drop a save state here because I think we can do the boss like we'll do the boss we won't like cheese the boss with save states but nobody wants to see that run anymore okay speaking of things where it would be helpful to have a save state so that you could rewind beyond a certain point of no return there's an incredibly bad decision in this game where there is a point of no return at which if you save oh no yeah (laughs) you can no longer backtrack anywhere and it is not I think Super Metroid has one of these, but it's in the final area where it's like pretty clear you are approaching the final boss. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have an idea that like I should I should probably go like save somewhere else and and I should back up if I want to go find some energy tanks. This is like I knew there was a point of no return and I still accidentally saved past the point of no return because I like didn't know where it was. It's after it's after after like the Metroid farm, right? Yeah, it's like somewhere around there. And it's like if you go through a certain door and then save or like, you know, go to a navigation room or something, then you trigger the end game and you can no longer go back to any of the sectors to backtrack. It's like not even like before a boss, it's like through normal map. It's horrible. It's a Metroid game. Like, like I remember you said to me something about Super Metroid. You were like, "Oh, well, yeah." Like Ridley, you you didn't you didn't find Ridley as hard because you like took the game seriously and and went and backtracked and found all the energy tanks, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I tried to do that here. You can't do it. So I was just stuck <laughs> fighting Sax with an incomplete set of energy tanks because I was expecting to backtrack and get the rest of them before the final battle. Yeah, actually, I did pretty good with like all my power up pickups without like that much backtracking uh but i don't uh, i don't know like i could i could definitely imagine somebody getting like to this point in the game and then just being really screwed yeah because sometimes people put that stuff off like i did right i mean i did a bunch of them but i i didn't find everything right so i was like hoping to go back and probe into a couple areas i missed did not happen yeah that is uh Man, it's just a, such a weird choice to do in a in a Metroid game, like a game that is about backtracking and finding weird shine spark puzzles and like all this stuff that people like to do in a 2D Metroid game. <laughs> it doesn't make a ton of sense either from like the story perspective, because like only one part of the ship blew up and then like you could easily just lock the door to access that. Like if it doesn't make any sense that it's not on the ship anymore, I could just like lock the door. There's so many airlocks in, in the space station, like why... Why not just lock it, lock it off? Like the computer's already doing a lot of work to lock off areas that aren't even blown up. So uh, there is, we didn't, we didn't mention it. There's a Ridley fight, but Ridley is canonically dead as of this point, right? Uh, that is not Ridley. It is an ex-parasite imitating Ridley. So it's like Neo Ridley or something, right? Mm. Oh, he's not canonically totally dead. He's like dead, but then he gets brought back to life in Prime or something. Gets invited to Smash Bros. Gets invited to Smash, yeah. Uh, 
But uh, uh, that is a sprite that I think I said out loud, holy shit, when I saw that that Ridley sprite, because it is really cool looking. <laughs> it's like really creepy looking dragon guy. Yeah. Also very loud. I know it's an infamously loud boss fight. <laughs> I love I love the uh, the effects that they put on the super missile, which isn't, it's not just that it's like loud as all hell. It, like it shakes the screen as well. So when you're firing off like hundreds of missiles to go like kill a boss, like the whole screen, like everything in the game is like shaking so hard. Like yeah, I I think uh, it feels even better than like uh, like Metroid Prime. Like I think like the response that you get from missiles in Metroid Prime doesn't even compare to what you get in this one. Uh, so we should talk a bit more about visual design and music and stuff. Um, before we wrap up, I think we're near the end here. Um, yeah, I think the sprites, I mean, I keep talking about the boss sprites and the enemy sprites are also good, but the boss sprites in particular are a highlight of this. Um, I think the environments look really good. Uh, and I compared with Super Metroid and I feel like on paper, like if you look at a screenshot, I like how Fusion looks better, but then watching Super Metroid in motion, especially with the music, I do just I, I, I get better vibes off mm. of Super Metroid's uh, whole whole thing that it's doing. <laughs> I think like Super Metroid's like whole vibe is uh, a little bit more inviting to just stick around in the game and you know tinker tinker about like poke your head in holes and like see what you can find. While Fusion is more like about impressing from moment to moment. Uh, there's a lot of really well detailed rooms that only show up like one time and then you're you're done you have to you have to leave i also think I, a key thing like when i when i went to really compare them a key thing about fusion that i like a lot that is even more executed on in dread i think is that they they took the leap from feeling like a uh, a map composed of tiles to a map that actually feels like oh this is a platform in a room there's like a sense of connectedness to all the pieces um you know what i mean whereas like the previous metroid games are like this is a block with a texture (laughs) right and it's repeated uh this like really feels like that's a solid piece of metal there that Mm -hmm. is like that you're standing on i wonder i wonder just like what limitations were in place from from game to game like i know the gba was uh a bit behind on the Super Nintendo in terms of what they could do with sound and music. Like some of the stuff that they generate on the Game Boy Advance is pretty great, but uh, the Super Nintendo had its own strengths that it could work with. I yeah, I like the music better in Super Metroid. I think um, like when I went back to listen through some of it, I was like, yeah, a lot of this in in Fusion is good, but it's a little just the even the the actual composition of it is just a little more. Um, I don't know heroic sounding kind of uh, stuff mm. whereas super metroid has a lot of really spooky music that i like a lot mm-hmm. but I, I can't remember which one but there is like one track in fusion that i like that's like a quieter spookier one uh i can't remember which part it is it might be near the end like it's the music that plays i think it is the music that plays in like that final run up to the sax i think i have it playing in my head like the whole time that we've yeah. been doing the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, some that one that one yeah. is good when when they do is like a spooky track in Metroid, it really sticks with you. I feel like we covered most of it there. Uh, any any other thoughts from you before I I'll probably end here on the 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 question that I have at the end of our notes. Yeah, so uh, I finished it and the game told me like it was like four four hours just about. Oh, I didn't 
I didn't write down how long. I think I did longer than four. I think mine maybe was six or something. Yeah, but even six is pretty fast. I, it could have been longer. I'm taking a guess at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, a four-hour video game, you know, like for something that does as much as Metroid, like I'm not dissatisfied. Like I remember, I remember I spent like thirty dollars at Toys R Us to go buy Metroid Fusion with my with my Christmas money. So, uh, yeah, I guess pretty it, like you get a lot out of your hour. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's much of like a speedrun community around this Metroid in particular, just because some of so much of it is like you're you're on rails pretty much the whole time. The only thing that I could see you trying to like do from playthrough to playthrough is just to play it better. I think there's a lot of areas where uh your ability to do something effectively without getting hit like it's not it's not very forgiving you gotta you gotta execute exactly as the game wants you to do it yeah i was reminding myself of like the bosses by watching a youtube video of someone doing a no damage run against all the bosses and uh it was remarkable watching someone dodge every single yakuza Mm -hmm. attack Mm -hmm. including the second form where he's just bouncing around throwing pieces of junk at you and like i'm just watching this person like <laughs> just step one pixel away yeah. <laughs> right before the thing hits like how are you yeah. doing this yeah it kind of reminds me of like more more along the lines of like something like a ninja gaiden or uh like you know just another one of those like perfectionist uh action platformers as opposed to like an exploratory metroid yeah, type of game that's a good point so let's maybe, as our final thoughts, we'll end on, yeah, final thoughts of like, how, how do you like this game with which you're kind of giving here? And then uh, where does this rank among 2D Metroids or among Metroids in general? So I like it. I liked it a whole bunch. Um, I, uh, I, w- I w- probably was correct in preferring Metroid Prime when, it f- when, when these games first came out. Like, I definitely put way more time in that. I definitely replayed Metroid Prime a couple of times after I finished it once. Um, I think, uh, I think it's just a little bit unfortunate that like Metroid Fusion is the last Metroid that we're probably going to get in this sort of style where it's like, you know, it's these pixel graphics. It's all lovingly crafted by hand. Um, cause now, now with like what you're seeing, uh, with Metroid Dread, like it's gotta be 3d now. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do sort of yeah. hand-drawn, hand-drawn Metroid. I think it's. I think it's a shame to not have the the 2D one as like a thing that exists for new games. But I will say, and we'll talk about this with Dread, uh, the 3D environments in Dread are really, really great. I'm actually really happy with that. So that is at least a positive thing. I feel like I can't rank this alongside the Prime games because it's been so long that I just don't have like a strong... All I remember is I liked Prime 1. I didn't love Prime 2 because it's got a bunch of weird Dark World stuff. We have to. I just remember having to hop between safe zones being very unfun. Um, and then 3, uh, I don't really remember. You used the Wiimote for it, right? <laughs> That's what I remember mm-hmm. from 3. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we both think like Super Metroid's better, right? Yeah, so on the 2D Metroid front, Super Metroid's my favorite. Dread might be my second favorite. I haven't played. Yeah, I haven't played the remakes. I was. I gotta like correct. I gotta correct myself. Like Zero Mission is the last. That's the last like pixel Metroid. Mm, but that's true. That's it's true. pretty. It's pretty like closely tied to Fusion. So I feel like they they go hand in hand when we talk about like what's the last pixel Metroid. Right. It's the same. It's the same engine. Which, by the way, I was looking this up. This is based on a heavily modified version of the Wario Land Four. Was it Wario Land or Wario Wario Land Four? Is yeah Wario Land right? Yeah. 
yeah, based on that engine. And then they took this engine and then made some modifications, and that was the, the Zero Mission engine. So I would say Super Metroid first, probably Dread second. Dread is very good. Um, and honestly, unpopular opinion, I'm going to put original Game Boy Metroid 2, maybe above Fusion. It's like competing. There's issues with Metroid 2, but I feel like I had a better time with it than I also played the save states, but <laughs> I had a better time with Metroid 2. Um, because it is like it, it is closer to that Super Metroid model of being like uh, exploratory. It's also kind of linear in some ways because certain areas get like unlocked over time. But within the, each area, it's a lot more like just go off and find stuff, right? Um, doesn't have a map, so there's other issues. But I think they're competing. They're like they're they're kind of tied because also Fusion has so much better. Like you know the sprite works amazing and. And like, there are some really cool bosses and it's a lot of stuff about it that is good, but I might've had more fun and been more engrossed in Metroid 2 and then Metroid 1. Sorry, I just don't like Metroid 1 that much. (laughs) It's kind of janky. (laughs) I really liked Metroid 1. uh, I think when it was, I think it was in Animal Crossing. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think Metroid was in Animal Crossing. I thought it was the first time I, I played it. I don't know if I played it in Animal Crossing first or if I played it in Metroid Prime first. Mm. It was like they were doing... Yeah, couldn't you, like you needed funky, the Fusion. The, yeah, the I, fusion had the, link I had the cable, cable to do it. Yeah, I had the yeah, cable. Yeah, yeah. So I was, doing, I was doing that. I think uh, I think it unlocked it on, on the GameCube. I'm surprised it... Did it, did it unlock it on Fusion? Like, how big could Metroid... No, I think... I was reading about it. I think it only unlocked it in Prime, but I could be wrong. And it also... It unlocked uh, the Prime... In Prime, you could play with the Fusion suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It was like a $20 cable or something like that. <laughs> and all you could really do was just, like, buy more games and then connect them. And then, like, you got some DLC. Like, you know, mm-hmm. DLC. The original Amiibo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so overall, I uh, I have mixed feelings on Fusion. I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. I, I really liked the beginning of it. I you know I think until it hit that weird uh, difficulty spike, it was you know it would have been clearly like probably my favorite or not my favorite but my second favorite after Super Metroid. Um, but yeah, the difficulty being really weird, uh, I don't like the X parasites and the linearity all kind of hurt what is otherwise like. Uh, yeah, in some ways, the pinnacle of the like of, of what I played of like the sprite based, you know, two D Metroid games. Um, yeah, that's Metroid Fusion. Next up, Cave Story. Not very easy for you to find, unfortunately. If you want to play this game, uh, get a cartridge or get a ROM. Get a flash cart. You know, you want to play on original hardware. You get a flash cart. <laughs> it's on the Wii U eShop. You can go on there and buy it from the virtual console i think you got you're stuck playing it on the wii u uh and then you can't get it in it was released on the 3ds eShop, but only for 3ds ambassadors so it's not like for sale on the eShop on there i mean you can you if you're really interested you'll find the game you'll find a way to play it the way that you want to play it i mean they should do a re-release right wouldn't that be the smart thing like just put it out on switch as like a- let nintendo figure out their n64 switch bullshit and then we'll talk about oh it yeah today. yeah fix your fucking shit fix your your the ocarina of time textures first <laughs> glad i didn't pay for that we'll talk about that probably in another show 
I'm playing Ocarina of Time, by the way, because everybody was playing the shitty one on there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bust out my Ocarina of Time 3D for 3DS and play that instead. You know, I've been wanting to play Ocarina of Time as well. You know, maybe maybe we'll do an Ocarina of Time show. Yeah, we'll be the we'll we'll let people know for the first time something they never heard before, which is Ocarina of Time is a good game. <laughs> That's it for this episode. We don't have any questions because we kind of scheduled this pretty late. Didn't get any questions. Uh, So before we head out, you can read articles from me on Anime News Network and from both of us on the Otaku USA Magazine website or in the magazine. I occasionally post about burgers on animeburgertime.tumblr.com. No post about Anime NYC on there because I'm not doing burger time there because... uh, I don't want people taking their mask off to eat hamburgers at the panel because it is a vax and mask required convention. I hope you all keep your masks on. I will be there, however. So if you are at Anime NYC on Friday evening, I forget the exact time, so look it up on the schedule. I'm doing Anime Goes to Hollywood, where I talk about all the live action anime adaptations. I believe Cowboy Bebop will have just come out, so I won't have time to watch the whole thing, but I'll probably watch the first episode or two Good before luck. I show up. And on Sunday, I'm hosting the Azuki Industry Panel, where we will be announcing some new manga licenses and giving away cool prizes to be announced. So come check that out if you're at Anime NYC. David is streaming video games every Saturday night at twitch.tv slash smallbean SMT. Can you believe that we beat SMT3 Nocturne yesterday? Nice. We right. started Shin Megami Tensei Five for Nintendo Switch immediately oh, cool. after. <laughs> Topical content. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon. Support us on patreon.com slash anygamers to get into the priority question list, access bonus articles and podcasts. David's got his light novel show, The Anygamers Book Club, which you can listen to on there. And you can force us to review things. I ha- I'm working on uh, a Planetess review that's going to be on the podcast. And as David referenced, next up at some point is Cave Story, which someone also requested on the Patreon. So I will be doing that. They didn't specify who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was for me. So I will be playing Cave Story finally. You can check out show notes, blog posts, and a link to the official Anygamers Discord on anygamers.com. Email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions at podcast at anygamers.com. We'll read them on the show. Talk to us on Twitter. I'm at sign VAMPTVO, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. David is at sign QX20XX. And there is Anygamers on there as well. I'm on Mastodon, VAMPTVO, Mastodon.social. I post art mostly on my Mastodon. And finally, episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us reviews on iTunes in particular to help more people find the show. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you all again in about two weeks, post-Thanksgiving, I think, right? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, we'll probably postpone till after Thanksgiving, so you might... Yeah, you'll see us around early December is when you can expect the next episode, I would say. Just before the holidays. That's right. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.